Session 17, part two. Today is all about Jesus. So let's get to it. Talking about any person in the raw material is fascinating because you get the perspective of Ra, a sixth density being, about it. And I wish there was more information about Jesus because he is probably one of the most important characters of our history in terms of spirituality. But session 17 is the most that they cover. There is more in further sessions, I believe in session 35 or 34, around there. And then there are other mentions, but uh, the biggest portion is this. So let's make the best out of what we know here. Um, I'm going to tell you that I am not as familiar as some of the most uh, spiritual people in the Jesus history, but um, I'm just going to interpret whatever I see here within the context of the law of one and what Ra says. And, you know, anything else parallels that people, you know, bring about from, from this information is welcome. I always love to read about him, but uh, th this is all I know. So uh, other than that, there is just a couple of questions that Ra responds about uh, the uh, the way the contact is, is made and maintained about the entities and who they are. We'll get to that part, which is not about Jesus, but I still include it just because it, you know, it's part of the contact and uh, it's sort of relevant. So but without further ado, let's get to Jesus. Let's start. And here Don is asking after the previous questions, can you tell me if Jesus of Nazareth came from the confederation before incarnation here? Ra says, the one known to you as Jesus of Nazareth did not have a name. This entity was a member of fifth density of the highest level of that subactive. This entity was desirous of entering this planetary sphere in order to share the love vibration in as pure a manner as possible. Thus, this entity received permission to perform this mission. This entity was then a wanderer of no name, of confederation origins, of fifth density, representing the fifth density understanding of the vibration of understanding or love. Just for clarification, let's go to this one. Where Don asks, did you say the fifth vibration was that of love? Fifth density was that of love. Ross says, I have made an error. The fourth density being is that it is that which we intended to say, the highest level of fourth density going into the fifth. This entity could have gone on to the fifth, but chose instead to return to third for this particular mission. This entity was of the highest sub-octave of the vibration of love. This is fourth density so you can see if rob makes mistakes then we can make mistakes as well uh so all right going back to what don is asking and what Ra is saying jesus is uh was a wonder uh, he came here for the purpose of sharing from his perspective the love and understanding that is from fourth density that's why i went through the questions like that because it sounds like he was from fifth density uh it gets confusing because now he is in fifth density as is asked uh, down the line, but uh, without getting ahead of myself, just clarification in, in terms of where he came from. He came from the fourth density, which was 
actually the highest octave, I guess, in the progression of fourth density. He was already at the point of graduating to fifth density, but he came here to serve uh, as um, uh, somebody from fourth density. Now, it is from Origins of the Confederation, and there's a couple of things I want to reread here from what it said, and is that uh, it was of no name, fifth density, that was clarified, and it was the Cyrus of sharing the love vibration in as pure manner as possible. This is going to be explained a little bit more as we go down uh, the slideshow, because there is a part where they say what this means, and I'll talk about that. But this is very important that it came here to share the vibration of love in the purest possible way. That's what created Jesus as he is regarded right now. So we'll go to the next question. And it is, when I'm communicating with you as Ra, are you at times an individualized entity or am I speaking to the entire complex? And this is the part where they go off track with Jesus. Um, Ra says, you speak with Ra, there is no separation. You would call it a social memory complex, thus indicating manyness. To our understanding, you're speaking to an individualized portion of consciousness. So this is cool to know because uh, Don wants to know if he is speaking to a different portion of the Ra social memory complex. But when they're speaking, they're speaking as one. So they are speaking to an individualized course of consciousness, meaning that they themselves as Ra are an individualized portion of consciousness. That's what I take. I don't think they're saying that they're speaking to an individual or um, Don was talking to an individualized portion of the raw consciousness, but rather the cosmic consciousness in that way. They're very specific when they talk about this stuff, just so it, it's, um, it's very well placed into context and not, you know, misinterpret. So that's what I get from here. I, I don't think that's um, what they were saying in the context of Ra uh, as a social memory complex. Don says then, do I always speak to the same individualized portion of consciousness in each of the sessions? Ra says, you speak to the same entity through a channel or instrument. This instrument is at times lower in vital energy. This will sometimes hamper our proceedings. However, this instrument has a great deal of faithfulness to the task and gives whatever it has to this task. Therefore, we may continue even when energy is slow. This is why we usually speak to the ending of the session due to our estimation of the instrument's level of vital energy. Now, I wanted to include this part too uh, without the, uh, the part of Jesus, but that's because it shows a little bit. Well, first of all, when it says that you speak to the same entity through a channel or instrument, I believe the question was made because they... Uh, Don saw that there was a mistake made by um, by the uh, by by Ra, and this usually happened when Carla would have pain flares. Remember, everything was happening through Carla being in a trance state, which was completely um, unconscious, and they were speaking very slow and uh, in a very subtle way. So any any inter interference. Any interference would hamper the communication. That's why Ra is explaining here that they would sometimes um, have interference of some sort. 
And it's good to denote here also that Carla was like very, very faithful to this work. And that's why they were able to do this, this type of work. Carla was completely committed to this. I think she got into a uh, very low weight for some reason, like 80 pounds or so that Ron actually was a little bit concerned in future sessions. But in any case, that's what I wanted to share here. And uh, it's just part of what the, the raw content was. So let's get back to Jesus, which is the main topic of, of the video. Um, I would like to make a point clear now that I'm sure of myself. People of this planet following any religion or no religion at all, or having no intellectual knowledge of the law of one or of anything at all, can still be harvested into the four density if they are of that vibration. Is this correct? Ra says, this is correct. However, you will find few who are harvestable whose radiance does not cause others to be aware of their, what you may call, spirituality, the quality of the mind-body-spirit complex distortion. Thus, it is not particularly probable that an entity would be completely unknown to his immediate acquaintances as unusually radiant personality, even were this individual uh, not caught up in any of the distortions of your so-called religious systems. So this, to me, means that when uh, when an entity is basically vibrating in the uh, frequency of love, doesn't matter if they are aware of the law of one or not, and if they are, you know, spiritual in a religious sense or not, they will be harvestable. Um, but the thing is that for you to know that is that somebody is really vibrating in that way, uh, as they explain here, is that you can see that they radiate this love and people usually uh, regard them as somebody who just is just really bright in the way that they are and uh, bright in the sense of spirituality, of course, that they just, um, they have a radiant personality, meaning that they, they kind of radiate that, uh, they, that love for the creator and they kind of inspire spirituality in other people, even if it's not, or uh, I would say strictly, if, it, if it's not in the same sense that they are, but it makes people question and go into the mystery part of what spirituality is. So I thought it was a very cool uh, part of Ra explaining if uh, somebody who is not aware of the law of one or is just simply, you know, in a religious, it doesn't matter what your uh, your inclinations are as long as you are radiating, radiating that love and that uh, that vibration that is so contagious, you know, for people as opposed to just nailing down some sort of dogma or uh, doctrine to somebody. But let's go on. And next question is, when Jesus of Nazareth incarnated, was there an attempt by the Orion group to discredit him in some way? Ra says, this is correct. Can you tell me what the Orion group did in order to try to cause this his downfall? Ra says, we may describe in general what occurred. The technique was that of building upon other negatively oriented information. This information had been given by the one whom your peoples called Yahweh. This information involved many strictures upon behavior and promised power of the third density, service to self nature. These two types of distortions were impressed upon those already oriented to think these thought forms. Well. First, let's get into what this means. <laughs> this means that the Orion group had been creating a sort of philosophy already, as they do, in with that orientation of negative uh, polarity, of course, which is the hierarchical structure of power over others, 
which is the surf uh, service to self nature and there they did it through Yahweh and Yahweh is something that I need to clarify in the next session 18 as I've said in the past videos because there was two Yahweh's like I said there was a positive and a negative one so the negative one came here and gave those philosophies so it created this sort of friction and of course through this philosophy is that they try to uh, hinder Jesus work here it was through the philosophy of Yahweh the negative Yahweh of course that was kind of distorted and we can still see it at play here and it's going to be part of the video when I talk about uh, Yahweh in session 18 so um, keep an eye for that and that's what they did they kind of distorted this and they used that against Jesus in, in many ways we're gonna see one in the next slides when we go through let's continue with Ra's answers uh, about this it says this eventually led to many challenges of the entity known as Jesus it eventually led to one sound vibration complex Judas as you call this entity who believed that it was doing the appropriate thing in bringing about or forcing upon the one you call Jesus the necessity for bringing in the third density planetary power distortion of third density rule over others and it seems like Judas was not doing anything wrong from his perspective of course he was just doing what he thought it was best for them and of course for Jesus but he realized uh, later that he made a mistake in that way and we all know what happened to Judas unfortunately so uh, that's what they're saying here that through this uh, it created challenges and you know it, it, it led to Judas to believe that that was the way that they needed to uh, to go about with Jesus Jesus being such a uh, charismatic person and so powerful of course Judas philosophy of course got tainted by the idea of you know using this for for religious purposes I suppose just to control because that's the structure that he believed in and that's one of the things I mean it's a major one if we know the story of Jesus that it was Judas who sold him so um, there you can see the Orion's group um, influence in action through a naive person or um, unsuspecting person like Judas so that's my interpretation of this of course so Judas did nothing wrong I suppose <laughs> let's not get Hitler here so the next part of the answer is this entity Judas felt that if pushed into a corner the entity you call Jesus would then be able to see the wisdom of using the power of intelligent infinity in order to rule others the one you call Judas was mistaken in this estimation of the reaction of this of the entity Jesus whose teach learning was not oriented towards this distortion this resulted in the destruction of the bodily complex of the one known of as Jesus to you so that's exactly what happened Judas basically thought that uh, they could use Jesus powers to um, create this structure of power over others and it didn't work of course because Jesus said uh, no thank you brother uh, I'm fine the way I am and I'll face you know my um, my my destiny basically so thank you brother Jesus and that's that's what led to obviously you know <laughs> they call the destruction of the bodily complex the one I, I love the terms that Ra uses here and in many other sessions so all right that's the answer to that question let's go on to the next so Don says then if the entity Jesus was for density and there are wonders on the planet today who came from fifth and sixth density 
What was it that Jesus did that enabled him to be such a good healer? And could these fifth and sixth density beings here today do the same? Ra says, those who heal may be of any density which has the consciousness of the spirit. This includes third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh density. The third density can be one in which healing takes place just as the others. However, there is more illusory material to understand, to balance, to accept, and to move forward from. So pretty cool that uh, the question is actually if, since Jesus was a wonder and we have so many wonders here, can all the wonders become healers? And the answer is yes, uh, that's pretty possible. And in fact, healing is possible even from third density beings who are just, say, awakening into their consciousness. It's just that it requires a lot more work and a lot more understanding piercing through the illusion and the veil of forgetfulness. Um, actually, in this case, it wouldn't be the um, the the for forgetting. It's not the veil of forgetting because they just came out. But in any case, it would be just the veil that uh, they need to pierce to intelligent infinity, which actually is what heals. Now, I'm not the best in the material of healing, but what this means is that and this is what Jesus did. And this is explained in session 33, whatever they talk about Jesus again, I forget from the top of my head, but that healing, it's always done by the person, not from someone else, but the person who is doing, uh, who is being healed. So if I need to be healed, nobody heals me. I heal myself. It's just that through others, intelligent infinity or intelligent energy is channeled through me so I can be healed. And this is, what uh, can be done by any, basically any entity, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh density uh, beings can do this. So that's what it means. And uh, let's go, there's, there's a little bit more about this in the answer that Ra gives. And he says, the gate to intelligent infinity can only be open when an understanding of the in-streamings of intelligent energy are opened onto the healer. These are the so-called natural laws of your local space-time continuum and its web of electromagnetic sources or nexi or in-streaming energy. This is basically what I just covered. Know then, first, the mind and the body. Then, as the spirit is integrated and synthesized, those are harmonized into a mind-body-spirit complex which can move among the dimensions and which can open the gateway to intelligent infinity, thus healing self by light and sharing that light with others. True healing is simply the radiance of the self causing an environment in which a catalyst may occur which initiates the recognition of self by self of the self healing properties of the self. Well, that's a mouthful. And to be honest, this is this is the part where I lack visualization about how the healing works. But I do know that uh, as just a broad view, healing is just the channeling of intelligent energy through uh, somebody else and it's not quite somebody else doing the healing but just the same in-streaming energies that we all have to maintain the body and the mind is just um, it's kind of like veered in a way that it's uh, it causes healing so it clears the distortions of whatever it may be that is causing you know the illness or the sickness or whatever it is and um, and once again it's just a, uh, I like that it says true healing is simply the radiance of the self causing an environment in which a catalyst may occur which initiates the recognition of self by self of the self healing properties of the self. So basically it's just 
the realization that we have that healing power. Uh, this sounds very um, similar to what Dr. Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden, if you are aware of them, they have been talking about, and there are a lot of like the new self-healing uh, science that's been coming out. Is it's all about you healing yourself through this uh, process of recognizing and accepting yourself in the ways that uh, it should. Of course, you know the way they and the methods that they use is usually meditation and just you know positive thinking and changing your life and getting rid of the negative emotions and stuff like that. This is a, a I would say a. Uh, categorized process by which you're doing the same thing of accepting yourself the way you are. This is what Ra mentions here too, which is accepting the self. Now, how this is done, it's very individual. How a healer is able to do this is completely independent on their uh, healing abilities too and how they channel intelligent energy. So again, I'm not the best in the healing aspect of how this works, but this is what I know and I hope it helps or uh, it opens up uh, curiosity on you to find out more and please share it with me because I need to learn more. Let's go to the next. How did Jesus learn this during his incarnation? Ra says, this entity learned the ability by a natural kind of remembering at a very young age. Unfortunately, this entity first discovered his ability to penetrate intelligent infinity by becoming the distortion you call angry at a playmate. This entity was touched by the entity known as Jesus to you and was fatally wounded. Thus, the one known as Jesus became aware that there dwelt in him a terrible potential. This entity determined to discover how to use this energy for the good, not for the negative. This entity was extremely positively polarized and remembered more than most wanderers do. This is the part that can get contentious with people who have followed uh, Jesus history or story and the things that he did it sounds by the way Ra is mentioning that Jesus actually killed another kid while he was uh, a boy and through this experience he realized the power that he had and he remembered who he was which is something that most wanderers do not do because of that he became completely uh, devoted to learning more about this energy to use it for good, for uh, for positive things, and that's why he embarked in this uh, in this journey to become what he became. So uh, that's the part that, like I said, it can be controversial. I'm not sure how people would take it. I haven't actually talked to anybody who is a very hardcore believer of you know what we know of Jesus, but um, I don't know. I don't know how they would take it, but it sounds like something that we never knew. At least I didn't know this, and it's um, it's. It actually enhances my my view of Jesus in this way because it shows what he had to go through. And we'll cover a little bit more of what this meant for Jesus and uh, how it ended up being for him. But let's go on. How did this aggressive action against a playmate affect Jesus in his spiritual growth? Where did he go after his physical death? And here Ra says, the entity you call Jesus was galvanized by this experience and began a lifetime of seeking and searching. This entity studied first day and night and its own religious constructs, which you call Judaism, and was learned enough to be a rabbi, as you would call, as you call the teach learners of this particular rhythm or distortion of understanding at a very young age. 
At the age of approximately 13 and one half of your years, this entity left the dwelling place of its earthly family, as you would call it, and walked into many other places seeking further information. This went on sporadically until the entity was approximately 25, at which time it returned to its family dwelling and learned and practiced the art of its earthly father. Now again, I am not very familiar with the dates and the ages that they talk about Jesus going about, but this seems like something I've heard in the past when I was Catholic in my uh, youth uh, days. <laughs> and it's I know that he was so well versed in the religious text and he was actually, I remember the story where he was found in a temple talking to elderly people or even people who knew about uh, the teachings of Judaism and he was like he was the guy that everybody was listening to and he was about that age 13 or so um, and he was he learned enough that he was considered a rabbi which is actually something that uh, caused him an issue in the future by people wanting him to be like you know the king of, uh, of the promised land and so on but Anyhow, the point is that, well, the other day that they put his, or age is at 25, he came back and learned basically the carpentry, I think it was, that um, they mean here by his uh, earthly father being, um, I know, Joseph, I know him as Jose, is my Spanish version of, of his father. So let's go on with the next part of the answer. It says, um, when the entity had become able to integrate or synthesize all experiences, the entity began to speak to other selves and teach learn what it had felt during the preceding years to be of a worthwhile nature. The entity was absolved karmically of the destruction of an other self when it was in the last portion of lifetime and spoke upon what you would call a cross saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In forgiveness, lies the stoppage of the wheel of action or what you call karma there's a couple of here a uh, couple of parts here that i want to uh, highlight the first one is that of course we know that he went on to um just teaching everything that he had learned with his disciples and everything else that he did that's where he went into those years that he was um he is known for leaving all his teaching the other thing is that at the cross was where he was absolved of the killing of this kid by when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, I'm not sure how this is attached to that. Maybe it was uh, the uh, the fact that he was being uh, killed, basically, uh, sacrificed uh, by, by the Romans. And instead of being angry to them, he just said, you know, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Just like he didn't know what he was doing when he killed that kid. So in that kind of forgiveness of other self, he kind of forgave himself for doing what he did. That's what I get. I'm not sure if that's, you know, the right interpretation, but that's what resonates with me. And that's what sounds, you know, appropriate. Um, and the last thing is that this is a very, very important part that I've outside of Jesus and the video, but including Jesus, of course. In forgiveness lies the stoppage of the wheel of action or what you call karma. Forgiving yourself and forgiving others is the way for you to uh, get away from the wheel of action, which is the typical um, cycle that we go through. 
when we have this karma, we do something, we don't forgive it and it comes back and it goes on and on and on and on. So just forgiveness. And I'll point out that the way I understand this and the way I apply it to my life is just not the typical forgiving that you have a victim and uh, you have somebody who's guilty. Those two things are out of the question. Forgiving is not in that system where you understand that somebody is guilty, but you forgive it. And it doesn't work that way for me. It's just understanding that nobody's guilty and nobody's a victim. It's just a matter of recognizing that things happen and you learn from them. That's it. This is all a playground where we learn things. And of course, we take ourselves too serious. We take life too serious and we take this body too serious as well and very, um, uh, very well guarded. So we create this victimization type of um, understanding of reality, which is not really how it works. So those are my thoughts. I hope that makes sense. Let's go on with the next question. Don says, then in which density does the entity known as Jesus now reside? This information is harmless through though unimportant. This entity studies now the lessons of the wisdom vibration, the fifth density, also called the light vibration. In our culture, there is a great saying that he will return. Can you tell me if this is planned? Ra says, I will attempt to sort out this question. It is difficult. This entity became aware that it was not an entity of itself, but operated as a messenger of the one creator whom this entity saw as love. This entity was aware that this cycle was in its last portion and spoke to the effect that those of its consciousness would return at the harvest. Let me make a pause here and mention a couple of things. First, it was clarified already that Jesus now resides in the fifth density. So that's what we talked about at the beginning. Second is that um, Jesus became aware that he was just an entity operating. This is what we all want to do. This is what we all want to find in self-rediscovery. Uh, remember that Jesus said, basically, he's, he was nobody special. He wasn't anybody special. He was just one of us. He called everybody brothers. And that's because we are all equal to him. That means that we can all discover our particular mission here. Now, Jesus' mission was um, to bring about the message of the one creator that he knew. And that was love as he saw it. Remember, there's one little thing that I want to say here that the logos he referred to as the logos being the sun. He was a representation of the logos. There is no bigger love, um, I would say, compared to us or parallel to us. Yes, the other stars and the whole galaxy and the whole universe is love. But every single star and every single galaxy and so on, they all have different configurations of what love means in the way they create their star system. The Logos here being the Sun is the Father, is our creator or sub-creator if you want to see it that way, uh, or as it's called, sub-Logos. So Jesus was the representation of this Logos being the love that he saw in the Sun or not just the physical Sun, but what the Sun represents as an entity. I hope this makes sense because this is what Jesus came here to spread the the knowledge of love or simply the love as the unconditional love that exists and uh, this is all what we have in our own missions now we are all expressing love in one way but we have a particular way of doing it Jesus had its own we have our own we're all equal in this expression of love but it's the unique way that we express it that I'm trying to get at. I hope that makes sense 
let's go to the final part of this uh, video and of course the answer which says the particular mind-body-spirit complex we call Jesus is as you would call the, uh, an entity not to return except as a member of the confederation occasionally speaking through a channel however there are others of the identical congruency of consciousness that will welcome those to the fourth density this is the meaning of the returning I can interpret this in a couple of ways well first we kind of intuitively know that it's not Jesus who is going to be born again. It's going to be uh, like a savior. And we're really out of that mentality, I hope. For those who still think that this is going to happen, uh, this is a good way to just at least get into the idea. Don't believe Ra, don't believe me. Just see if it resonates with you. But obviously, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a Messiah uh, incarnating here to save us somehow. The save... Um, this. The savior aspect of it is the consciousness that Christ gave here. And this is what they're saying here. Um, they, I interpret that this is going to be a consciousness, which is already here, the Christ consciousness, which is the love and unconditional love and understanding of the fourth density is upon us. That's what Jesus meant when he said that he would return at the end of the cycle or at the end of an aeon which is a measure of time, not so much uh, the end of the world as it's interpreted in the Bible. And I do know that because the interpretation or the translation was mistaken to say um, the end of the world, where the word eon and world kind of means the same. So in any case, it's not Jesus coming back as a Messiah incarnated. It's Jesus as the consciousness that he belongs to. And of course, well, Ra for completion always says that there are others of the identical congruency of consciousness, meaning Christ consciousness, that will welcome those to the fourth density. This is the meaning of the returning. Of course, they're all going to be here. In fact, they're all here for what I know from shamans and other people that have been talking, spiritual gurus and whatnot, masters and things that I hear. They're all talking about your ancestors, your guides, your uh, your higher self, of course, is closer than ever in this uh, in this case. So everybody's here trying to welcome us into the fourth density and trying to polarize us to where we're supposed to be, which is the positive. And that's there's no question there. So remember, Christ consciousness is here. There's no returning of the Messiah or an incarnated being as Jesus. This is all about the work that we personally have to do to become that which Jesus came here to do as a light worker and as a brother. I think that's the biggest message that I get from Jesus in his whole story, uh, what we get from his teachings. I mean, there's so much to get into. I'm sure that in the future I'll get more into it as I try to interpret his parables and everything else that he talked about. But that's how I interpret this material. I think it's very important to just uh, take what seems to resonate and ignore the rest. So as usual, that's my ending. I love that you have watched this far because this was a long video. And um, I hope you have the idea that Jesus just represents the love that we now equate to this new awakening process that is the ascension process. So with that, that's it for part two of session 17. I'll see you next week with part three.